0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. Thank you so much for watching and a big thank you especially to our live viewers. If you are watching live, by the way, just a reminder, we will be going through all the super chats at the end of the stream about an hour into the show. So just stay tuned and we will be going through all of your comments, questions, and concerns. Okay, we have an eclectic show. That's like the best way i can think to describe this we're going to be starting off with a discussion about the mandalorian and how apparently it fails to live up to feminist representation standards set by none other than anita sarkeesian i know this story Seems kind of old to some people, but she actually just released her podcast about it, like literally today. So we have some clips of that. Then we're going to be talking about the Young Turks and apparently how Pete Buttigieg is like poor shaming, victim blaming for poor people for daring to talk about mentoring uh, inner city children. Then some of you have requested we go over what to do during Thanksgiving when politics come up around your family members. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about that and we're going to be finishing the show with a light discussion about Six-year-olds being taught about masturbation in schools. I wish I was kidding. No, I am not. not.
1: Hard discussion there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, I know immediately because of that... This video will not be monetized because it's not ad-friendly at all. But if it's so <laughs> inappropriate, that, then but then why are we teaching it to kids? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, before we get into that, though, I have a quick message from our awesome sponsors, Patriot Penguin. Are you sick and tired of overpriced greeting cards that don't say what you really want to say? For years, Americans have been stuck in the greeting card section reading sappy, fake messages that are frankly weak. They're more disappointing than the turnout at a Kamala Harris rally. Those days are over thanks to Patriot Penguin, the first and only greeting card company company for conservatives with a bigly sense of humor. All right, I'm going to try an ill-advised Trump impression now, guys. From birthdays to the holidays, Patriot Penguin has a huge selection of cards. No, see, it comes up Bernie Sand. I can't uh, I like do it. it. I'm I scratching like it. it. Okay. Tremendous, amazing. Uh, they will trigger your snowflake. I can't. Trigger your <laughs> snowflake friends and relatives plus remind the like-minded that you are totally winning. All their cards are designed and printed right here in the USA and ship free so important. Go to make greeting cards great right now and save 15% with the offer code Lauren. Remember your order must be placed by December 15th, to guarantee arrival, arrival before Christmas. Let's make giving greeting cards great again with Patriot Penguins. So that's make greeting cards great make greeting cards great with the code Lauren. Not only do you get to send a funny card to your friends or family, but you also help help support the show, which we really appreciate. All right, And so. I will say,
1: Trump's not just making greeting cards great again, but also he made Twitter and Instagram great again with that that photo. I can't get over it. Yes, he's, that was funny. He's he's posing as a boxer and they just photoshopped his face onto it and he just tweeted it out. Or like
0: no caption. Put, no
1: caption. It's just him Here there looking like a beast and I love it personally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so The Mandalorian. If any of you guys aren't caught up, The Mandalorian is kind of the flagship original series of Disney+, Plus, Disney's new streaming service. Yeah. Um, Feminists aren't happy with it because there are not enough women in it. Apparently, you haven't seen The Mandalorian. That's right. Yeah. I don't think you would like it, frankly. It's, I mean...
1: I've never been a big Star Wars guy. I I, I hate to say it. I I got indoctrinated with Halo at a young age and it's better than Star Wars. It's
0: very family friendly, I will say. Like, I mean, not that Star Wars overall is not, but it's just, it's very Disney. It's like...
1: It's even more toned down than like
0: the earlier Um, Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, people die, but it's like the Avengers type of death where it's like they get hit by a laser and then they just fall. Yeah. Like there's no blood. You're just assuming that they're dead. Anyway, um, so so far there are three episodes out right now. Fourth one comes out this Friday. I am totally caught up. I'm liking it so far. There will be eight episodes total for the first season. Second season has already been ordered. So the series has been very well received. Like it's I, true. The most positive reception, I think, for anything Disney's done for Star Wars so far. But according to some specifically Anita Sarkeesian, the series falls short on female representation. On Twitter, she said, I am extremely am I extremely tired, or is there not a single female speaking character in the first episode of Mandalorian? I've gotta have missed something, right? I guess John Favreau, who the director, or at least developing the the series, was like, well, if we just make all the vehicles female, like the ship and the blurg, then we're good, right? That's just the right amount of female. It feels especially jarring given how much the recent films have done to amplify women and women of color who have been historically marginalized in the franchise. I still feel like I just forgot an entire scene and that in this year of Our Lord 2019, an epic blockbuster television show could not be released without any female speaking parts. It's
1: the current Um, year again.
0: Current year. Yeah, well, I mean, she's not wrong... Well, people did point out and she admitted that there actually is one female character so far, but admittedly she didn't get a lot of time, um, kind of just like a side character. I think she had probably three to five minutes on screen, something like that, spread across the three episodes. But uh, yeah, people have said, wait a second, there are female cast members coming. They just haven't been introduced yet. Um, But... To give everyone a recap of the conversation so far, the internet did not respond kindly to that. I think that tweet ended up getting like 7,000 replies and it actually got to the point. Not that I think, 7,000 is not that much of a ratio. Like I've seen way worse ratios. Sure. I mean, I've been, I feel like people make too big of a deal of Twitter ratios. I get ratioed all the time. Anytime I tweet about a food opinion... I feel, Mm. I get ratioed.
1: Well, you, that's, I think that's correct. Well, Let's be honest.
0: Um, So Insider actually did an entire article about how, quote, the Mandalorian is taking heat for its portrayal of women. Now feminist critics are facing waves of online harassment. They said, Sarkeesian is the most prominent figure facing dogpiling and harassment in response to her criticism of the series, but she's not the only one. People with and without large Twitter followings, some who are verified and many who are not, have found themselves overwhelmed with anti-feminist replies and messages across platforms after tweeting about how few women are in The Mandalorian. Online harassment in the Star Wars fandom, particularly of women, is nothing new, you dirty Star Wars fans. Actresses like Daisy Ridley and Kelly Marie Tran of the latest Disney-owned Star Wars trilogy have recently talked about the negative aspects of the Star Wars community. Ridley, who stars in the newest Star Wars trilogy as Rey, cut off her Facebook and Instagram accounts like a Skywalker limb due to harassment and Tran faced racist and misogynistic harassment after appearing as the first woman of color in a leading role in the Star Wars franchise. Okay, obviously, I don't condone, like, her actually harassing people, um, especially not over something as trivial as a Star Wars take. Just don't, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that most of what they're receiving is not actually harassment right yeah i mean being disagreeing even if it's in a snarky sarcastic way maybe it's not nice but it's still oh whatever it's it's not it's it's not harassment right Right. and i think people are just they're tired of every movie especially ones of franchise franchises that they like being put through this lens of intersectional feminism which which i get and i think we're too quick to sometimes label disagreement with harassment is not the same thing i know some mm. it can feel overwhelming when you're getting like thousands of people telling you you're wrong but like that's still not harassment
1: yeah absolutely and i mean there will be people that actually do harass them and i, I have no doubts that out of those seven thousand comments some, some of them sure oh for sure across the line but those are the kind of people that are going to be that way no matter what you know yeah. as much as we say don't harass them they those people are... They're not even paying attention to those kind of rules, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so just we're anti-harassment of women and actually... Not um, anyone,
1: really. Yeah, yeah. Any,
0: anyone. So yeah. just don't harass people. It's yeah. its not nice. Um, and But, you know, to be fair to Anita, you know, people were upset with her st- take on Star Wars. Um, feminist analysis of media is her thing. Like, that's literally her entire shtick. Feminist frequency, which is, I guess, her podcast. We're going to be listening to clips in just a second. That's the entire premise of it. Mm-hmm. So, like i get why she's doing this and you know at the same time like it's it's just her thing I, I think people are at the point where they're tired now but i do kind of feel bad for her that she can't even say this without being i don't know kind of like dog piled on not that i agree with her but it's like eh. and I, I maybe feel like a little bit softer on this issue because i actually watched or i listened to her podcast which by the way was like an hour and i did that for you guys okay you're welcome um, you know, personally, I, I don't have any problem with different types of critical media analyses. I know some people might say like, oh, it's stupid to focus on representation or cinematography, whatever. I think any type of media criticism is valid because I think media as an art form is valid. And I think if we start dismissing certain criticisms, we kind of invalidate the, the media itself, which I don't want to do. I don't know if that makes sure. sense. But yeah, like whatever you want to dissect from a series, go for it. I, sh- I still think she's just wrong, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would think that that feminist frequency would be like the most positive and upbeat Podcast on the web based on how media has been going lately right it's like it's everything they're
0: giving them everything they want
1: right i mean i can't even imagine what it'd be like to watch hollywood movies through that lens it must be like
0: yeah oh yeah look woman oh black oh disabled (laughs) so good um so yeah anyway the the episode they put out today was actually all about the mandalorian and i listened to it so we could have some more perspective about what exactly is her problem with this series and before we we go through it i just want to say though um This, to be fair to her, this episode was, like, 50 minutes long, 5-0, and only about 15 minutes of it was talking about the whole woman thing, so... Like, again, she's wrong, and they did title it in a way, like, why aren't there more women in The Mandalorian? But I don't want to, I guess, become the thing I hate and overblow this whole issue. Uh, but we're still going to respond to it. So here, their episode starts off with Anita, and she has two co-hosts on this podcast, um, talking about, I guess, how they view Star Wars overall, whether they can, whether they consider themselves Star Wars fans. And it it's interesting, given the conversation we're about to get into. You guys can listen to that here.
2: I am also recently okay with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I never watched it as a child. Me neither. Didn't happen. The first time I watched the um, original movies was when I was like 24. The new movies came out and I thought, fine. And I fell in love with them. I just yeah. I feel like I saw myself in more characters. And so then I went back and rewatched. And I've seen all of them except for episode three. I was like, well, I guess I need to watch the new ones because that's what we do at Feminist Frequency. And I was like, oh, like this has some of the same problems, but also like I really enjoyed this. Totally. So cool. Okay, so before we go any further, I will address something that we saw in the
0: chat. Um, my hand is messed up. I, if yeah. you're listening to this on one of the podcast format, you you won't see, but um, it's it's pretty scratched up what happened was i was giving jellybean a bath and as she was jumping out she accidentally slammed my hand with quite a bit of force into like the side of the sink so very Mm. very painful she's a big dog yeah she weighs more than lauren she does she didn't mean to do it though like she had no idea anything was wrong i very much had an idea that something was wrong though it was it was bleeding a lot the I, i put a bandage on it It's very red now, a little bit worried. It's infected, but uh, I... I I
1: think think it's a little bit infected. Yeah,
0: it's looking a little bit red and angry. I will survive, though. Um, Okay, so regarding that clip, look, I don't like gatekeeping franchises or fandoms, um, you know, unlike Liam, who kind of does. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he does. Um, (laughs) uh, But at the same time, I feel like there are people who enjoy Star Wars, or at least they say they do, whose main concern, like these people, or at least one of them, is Am I represented in this? Like that's how they gauge whether they're interested in a certain movie or TV series. Yeah. So they felt they weren't in the original Star Wars films, which still doesn't make sense to me because you have Princess Leia, who's like a huge character, very empowered by anyone's standards, but yeah, whatever. But she's not
1: like a man. You yeah, know? She's that's not doing true. Male it's not roles, intersectional. yeah so it's not the same. Enough. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you know, so they didn't watch it back then. Um, Then they did feel represented with like the new woke Star Wars. Um, So they like the new ones, got into a bit. Watch the old ones, um, but now with the Mandalorian, they don't feel represented again, so now they're complaining again. And it's like, you know, it's fine if you weren't that into the old Star Wars, but do like the new ones um, because there are women in them because you can like whatever you want, but mm-hmm. surely, surely you can understand that there are people who actually did like the old Star Wars, right? Just for the story. Um, but they're frustrated now because people like you, who didn't even like the original and who really only like the new ones because of representation, you're the ones who are kind of controlling the future of the franchise and wanting any anything new with Star Wars to adhere to what you want the franchise to be, even though you didn't care for it in the first place, um, in, instead of trying to encourage Disney to stick to what Star Wars was originally and why so many people liked it in the first place. So, of course, of course like this isn't about gatekeeping, but this is just... Un, trying to understand why things like star wars things like ghostbusters um what other i guess franchises out there maybe game of thrones to a lesser extent to which he gatekeeps um yeah that, <laughs> that's, that's why that's people false. he does that's that's why people kind of are passionate about this and i'm not going to say that um harassment never happens within these fandoms because sometimes it can but i i don't think it's fair to say that someone who wants the original spirit of the trilogy or the franchise to be preserved is gatekeeping or harassing or hates women or anything like that um yeah so we have another clip here and this is when they start to go on about the representation issue
1: star wars has always kind of been a space western yeah sure
2: which is not necessarily the issue it's like okay well so it's just a bunch of dudes and then it's a bunch more dudes and then it's a bunch more, so many dudes, more dudes, and then there's one woman for like a one scene, and yeah. then there's a bunch more dudes. Yes, and so like a woman who has no face, a woman who has no face. To be clear, the female character
0: in the series The Mandalorian doesn't have a face because she is a Mandalorian, and if you're at all familiar with Star Wars, you'll know Star Wars. You'll know that the Mandalorians keep their helmets on at all time. They're like this, these warriors. Um, so. It's not like the show creators just thought, oh, you know, there's a woman. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. We better, like, space burqa it up, cover her face. Great, looks perfect. Let's go. That's not what happened. She, like any of the other Mandalorians, is wearing a helmet and she's actually, like, she's an armorer, so it kind of makes sense. Um, and the thing is, like, when it comes to representation, it's true. Like, there's, there's a lot of dudes. Like, I'm not. They're not exaggerating when they say there's really only one female character who speaks very limitedly. This is a show about a bounty hunter, though, right? He's he's a, a space cowboy, gunslinger. You know, he's hanging out. He's looking for outlaws, criminals, whatever. Realistically, even if this were on Earth, like, would you expect many women to be around? Like, who are not prostitutes? Because this is Disney, right? But it's just like, realistically, that's that's what it's like. And I mean, you could say, hey, who cares about realism? This is Star Wars. People are in space and all that. But the point I'm I'm trying to make is that it is their ideology right now not the story's canon not good storytelling not realism or anything like that that is making them say hey not enough women therefore this is a problem like it's you can say that there aren't enough women to your liking but i don't think they've sufficiently proven why that needs to be there in the first place it just it it doesn't make sense to me i think it's fine to say the mandalorian is not a feminist show because so far it hasn't proven that it is great um yeah, it doesn't yeah. Need to be politically but it doesn't aligned, need right? to be a, a feminist doesn't show need i to don't be a understand. republican show
1: either right? sometimes you could just be entertained by some space aliens and lasers yeah you know and it'd be nice to get back to that i haven't seen the Mandal- mandalorian yet but from most of what i've heard it's about enjoyable. it it's pretty apolitical for the most yeah. part i'm sure there's a little bit of everything you know but
0: it's fine and the thing is i'm someone who i was watching this and before i kind of heard about the twitter representation issue i didn't even notice about the one because i'm not yeah. i'm not someone who goes into watching a movie and is trying to analyze everything by gender like okay no. women woman comes in at five minutes in she says seven things then you know exits stage left uh, another woman come, like i don't watch shows like that i know um we well, that's even just had, because
1: of internalized misogyny probably probably i'm honest. just
0: desensitized by the patriarchy um but even i remember when we had the joker come out there was someone who did mm. I think he was affiliated with the Young Turks. He did a whole video about how it's actually about racism and the Joker's racist. So you can tell he's going into this and he's looking for any instance of, of race and racism. And it's like, can you just not... Like, I'm not saying that movies can't be political, but I think going into a movie with your own politics already superimposed onto the media at a certain point makes it so that you can appreciate what the story is trying to tell you. You're trying to inform the story about what it should or should not be. And it's just, it's it's, it's annoying, Okay. Um, And then here's our last clip from the podcast where the dreaded P word patriarchy finally comes up. They actually didn't mention it until like pretty far along. I was
2: impressed. I was like literally waiting for it. But it finally Mm. it arrived. As the Internet very graciously shared with me that apparently she's like, in charge or the head of the Mandalorians oh. or she holds some superior position. Yeah, the but that armor is not made, is important. That's not made clear in the first episode Agreed. unless you know lore. Yeah. Also,
1: Anita, the reason that Bowser always kidnaps Princess Peach is because she's a powerful political leader. If, if it were flipped and it were all women and like one man in like a, a minor speaking role, it would seem like super, super weird to all of us. But because patriarchy, we mm-hmm. accept this ratio and this dynamic as more or less, quote unquote, normal.
0: Patriarchy. That's what it's because. Patriarchy bad. Because patriarchy. White man bad too. Yeah. Well, actually, and that's the thing. Like, it's funny that they have all of these complaints about a show with the guy. Like, The guy's wearing a helmet the helmet the entire time. I doubt we'll ever see his face. We know the main character is played by a Pedro pa- Pedro Pascal, who was Oberyn in Game of Thrones, which I find exciting. But like- mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe he's super, maybe he's trans. We don't even know for sure that he's a male. Actually, someone pointed <laughs> that out on Twitter. No one self-identifies their gender to them. So that's they're true. making some assumptions based on how they present, which I think you know is a little bit transphobic.
1: That's that's a fair point. You know. And I will say that I think she's right about the whole noticing the inverse thing, right? Because um, if it was inverse and everybody was female or, or female presenting or whatever they would like to call it, I would notice it. But that's because it would be completely forced and inaccurate right because but
0: based on the situation based
1: on the situation right it you'd be obvious that this is actually a political statement made by the the movie makers rather than something that the story actually contains yeah and that's when it becomes something like all those movies that have just come out recently where it's like all right i'm just watching propaganda
0: yeah when you have like i don't know a five foot two mandalorian female who's like completely beating up some huge guys with guns um but the thing is like there are tons of shows out there that have either Predominantly or entirely female casts, um Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Orange is the New Black, Golden Girls, Desperate Housewives, Totally Spies. If you know what that is, we can be friends. Um, it, mm. it this isn't a question of there aren't enough female characters on screen for these people. It's that they need to have female characters inserted into every single story or else they're not gonna be happy, which to me is frustrating because like There are some stories out there that are going to be more male. There are some stories out there that are going to be more female. Not every environment or situation has perfect gender parity, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that those stories aren't worth telling. That doesn't mean we need to kind of, like, revise them to try to, I don't know, make our perception of what the world should look like come true in every single TV show or movie. And again, like, we're only three episodes in. Who knows what the other, like, I guess five episodes are going to be like. Maybe they're going to be totally kick-butt feminist. I... I hope that this is, like, it stays pretty apolitical because I'm enjoying it so uh, so far. But I also wanted to bring up that it's kind of funny how, um, I guess, how much feminist flack this series is getting. Because I think Elaine Chow is one of the uh, directors who has worked on this series. And I think she's one of the first, at least, Asian females to work on, like, a Star Wars project like this. Which you would think is cool. But apparently she might be a little bit, like, internally misogynistic. Because she didn't say, like, hey not enough people and there. also like there's a baby yoda which i'm sure you've all seen memes of so far we don't know what that gender is so maybe maybe it's a girl i don't know i don't know how to tell with with a yoda uh in any case moving along to our good friends at the young turks because it's been a while since we talked about the young turks young turks um i'm not a fan of pete Buttigieg not a fan of his politics especially not a fan of his take on christianity which suspiciously seems to like perfectly line up with
1: progressivism progressivism, strange
0: um but i am going to be defending him a little bit in this segment there's an old clip of him back from when he was a mayoral mayoral candidate in i think 2011 so this is a good eight years old that's gotten him in hot water with some progressives to me It seems like perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, But here's the clip. I'll let you all be the judges. This was something Buttigieg said in his response to the idea of mentorship.
1: You know, the kids need to see evidence that education is going to work for them. Right. You so go. you see a lot of parts. That's of part of the motivation. Where, yeah. Because you're, you're motivated because you, you believe that at the end of your educational process, there is a reward. There's a stable life. There's a job. And there are a lot of kids, especially the lower income minority neighborhoods who literally just haven't seen it work. Uh, there isn't somebody they know personally. And I think that's uh, who way. testifies Mentoring to the, the value of education. So, yeah,
0: meet that you Do you find that problematic at all? Maybe it's just I don't no, especially
1: like, you know, back in 2011, nobody says anything. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, that's normal. It was only uh, after 2016 that all this stuff became yeah. crazy. No, that's, that's totally fine. And that's something that I will not even talk about today that we we've talked about similar things. Yeah, right? And that's so. like,
0: it, it has been proven that children with parents who have either completed high school or university are more likely to do so themselves. Like yeah. a great predictor of your educational attainment is actually your parents' attainment. Um, and a lot of charities and nonprofits that work with inner city kids they they have things like Big Brother or Big Sister programs, which are specifically designed to get kids mentors, people who have, you know either completed high school or are in a profession they might want to go into, have gone to university, just to kind of be positive role models to uh, give them advice about things that maybe their parents have never experienced themselves. And those are, from what I can tell, programs that have been beneficial to those children. So uh, again, I'm no Pete Buttigieg supporter at all, but He didn't say anything wrong here. Uh, Fast forward, though, to what the Young Turks have to say about this and how they've interpreted that clip. Basically, they're not very happy. Here we have Anna not being very happy.
3: Yeah, where are the fathers? I mean, isn't that the problem, you know? These, these households, these poor households just have uh, either a parent missing or they're uneducated. And that's really the whole answer about income and wealth inequality in America. But what Pete Buttigieg was doing right now was blaming parents of children living in poverty for the poverty that they're living in you will be vilified by people like p Buttigieg if you live in poverty if you raise your kids in poverty it's your fault according to Buttigieg. we just need we need some good people some good mentors to encourage these kids to go to school you know the school that they can't
0: afford so anna went from 0 to 100 I think real fast there um she's better than you yeah she is better than you don't forget that uh to his credit Jenk in this segment was actually being pretty reasonable he was saying like well you know and let's look at buddha record in the black community he hasn't done much to help which i think you fair look at what he's actual yes. actually done yeah. and say he hasn't done enough or what you think he should have done like that's a legitimate criticism but anna in this segment um look i feel like if you talk about any contributing factors to poverty besides things like systemic discrimination and, like, not enough government spending, there are some progressives, not all, but definitely some, like Anna, who will accuse you of, like, vilifying the poor and victim-blaming. Pete Buttigieg did not say, definitely not in that clip and to to my knowledge ever, that we don't need to fix inner city schools that, uh, you know, we don't need to push criminal justice reform. So we focus more on rehabilitation and education, not just like punishment. He didn't say any of that. All Pete did was address the topic of mentorship, which it seems like he didn't even bring up himself and the importance of role models when it comes to pursuing education. So all of this, you know, the, the idea that he's dismissing other factors that might contribute to poverty or none of that is true. Anything that he said on that clip has actually statistical backing to support it. So it's a valid concern. I'm glad he brought it up, and I think more people should be talking about it. And I right. think it's. I also want to point out again, this was in 2011. So even like assuming that it was not like this was still eight years ago, which
1: is crazy. By it's the crazy. way, crazy. 2011 was eight or nine years ago. Already. I know. I don't like it's, to think uh, about it. I saw.
0: I saw something about um someone being born in 2000 and like how they're like actually like they're legal now.
1: Yeah. I don't like a drink if they're in Canada.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't like that one bit. uh, Um, But anyway, they, they were so actually incensed by what Pete Buttigieg did or said. They did a second video about this whole thing and it turns out, yeah, they're still not done tearing into mayor Pete.
3: And you know, in, in one part of it, he mentions, you know, education, you know, stable life. I know a lot of people right now who have, uh, gone through the process of obtaining a higher education, they've even gone to get their graduate degrees after the fact, and uh, their lives aren't very stable right now.
1: Like It's not that Mm -hmm. you didn't have opportunity, that it's really your parents' fault and the culture's fault. But as somebody else said, how come they never talk about that with poor white people? Why don't their parents give them, show them the value of education? right? It's only reserved for poor black people. Mm -hmm. Then we're moralizing about how they have some sort of cultural problem as opposed to a funding problem.
0: Student debt sucks. It does. Absolutely. Um, I think the whole higher education system in the US is so broken. It needs to be fixed. I don't think anybody on either side of the aisle is like, no, this is fine. We need higher tuition. This is normal. Let's just leave it. No, no one's saying that. Okay. But you cannot compare having student loans to living in a broken family as an inner city kid uh in poverty. Like that's not that's not the same. I don't I'm not quite sure what point Anna was trying to make. Um you know, maybe that it like that education didn't fix things enough because it certainly does. We did a video about how um having a college degree or you know even a high school degree you finished is directly correlated to higher earnings. Um right. education is a you know a huge help if you're trying to lift yourself out of poverty. Even, depending, I'm not saying like spend 200000 on a gender studies degree. No. No, but I mean if you can get a smart degree at a reasonably priced school even if you graduate with some loans you're still going to be off in a better position so i in like, fact
1: i might even say don't don't go to university necessarily you could look into things like the trades that you very very well. well yeah, that, yeah i mean that's
0: also a form of ed- education too oh
1: it is and, and some of these things are more needed than more degrees in a lot of these fields we're yeah. probably overproducing a lot of these degrees now because you can't deny people uh certain university access you know mm-hmm. like based on money, at least. Yeah. So there's just an overproduction of degrees. And I don't know, I, I would say go look at something like on Ben Shapiro's podcast. He did an interview with uh, Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was, I thought, terrific. Um, he talks a lot about mentorship mm-hmm. and internship and trades. But that's, trade.
0: these are all still forms of education. Yes. So it's like, I get that we need to address student loans and the, and the debt, but I don't know if the right answer is to kind of be dismissing the fact that education does help a ton when it comes to, what point are you even trying to make? But uh, also just a side note, we recently did a video about the idea of free college with FreedomWorks. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Um, and I had someone say, what do you know about it? You went to college in Canada. Okay, mm. A, uh, college in Canada is still not free, like, right? You, no, it's not. Yeah, you still have to pay for it. Um, and B, I've only ever done college in the U.S., so I don't know <laughs> what you like, I don't know what you're talking about. I uh, just wanted to mention that because it was bothering me, but uh, yeah. Um, Also, what Jenk then went on to say about why don't they say this stuff about white kids? If you go back and watch the clip, which I actually did because I was kind of taken aback by his comments, um, people are making it seem like Buddha was like, hey, this is why black kids are poor.
1: He barely says any of that. No, he he
0: did not say that at all. He. He was mentioning like lower income kids and yeah, he mentorship. he never mentioned black at all. I don't no, and then talked. later on he he said this is especially true in certain lower income minority neighborhoods. Um, but he never said just black kids or like, no, right. he started off talking about any underprivileged kid who may not have a, a role model when it comes to education specifically. So to make it seem like he's r- racializing this issue, it's not true. But the, the, the interesting thing about, Um, you know, two-parent households and your parents' level of education is that when you actually control for those factors, then um, kind of racial divides and poverty really start being broken down, right? If you're right now, if you are a Black child, unfortunately, you are very, very likely to be born to a single-parent household and therefore much more likely to be in poverty. But if we look at Black households who have gotten married, finished high school themselves, um, got married before they had kids, the rates are so, so much lower. So what we can see here is that the choices people make actually have a tangible effect on the outcomes of their lives. And that's not to say there aren't still issues. I think, you know, conservatives and liberals both agree something needs to be done about the school system. No one's ignoring and no one's saying it's fine. That's great. And and that
1: it affects not only urban minorities, but also, yeah, there's a large community in the States of people that have white skin that are also in poverty. And and I don't think like they're claiming that we say that we don't want to address that either. Either, Yeah. But that's the
0: thing. Like when we talk about these issues, like family education, we're talking about it for everybody.
1: Of course, yeah. Everybody. I mean, we're not saying things like to truckers learn to code. Yeah. That's <laughs> not what we're saying. Where we think that there's something reasonable, which is why I brought up the whole um, mentorship and, t- and, yeah. and that kind of thing because I think that – all communities have to look at a variety of options, not just look at dogpiling to these universities. It, I don't think that really works. Mm-hmm. But we all ultimately have to do this, and I don't think that that white communities—that I don't think these people like very much because they tend to <laughs> hold a different view than what they want to behold. Yeah. Right? These are the these are the poor people that they can't boss around as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they're just they're they're, they're fed up at them, and just defending the community that they see as supporting them.
0: Yeah, and it's it's too bad because. This, like, the whole parenthood thing, we talk about it so much, the importance of family. I I think family is more important than politics when it comes to, like, determining a country's success. If you want a successful country, you've got to start at the family, which is, like, the building block. Uh, you want to talk about privilege, which I know these, like, the young Turks love to talk about. Simply having two parents is a huge privilege in some communities. And that's, like, that's messed up because if there's something I think people do deserve just by virtue of being born, which is something, like, I never say about anything... But it, it is having two parents. Like, I don't even want to say that having two parents is a privilege because I think every child should be able to have that. Um, and it just it makes such a difference on things like your likelihood of being in poverty. If you look at incarceration rates, um, you know, being from a single mother household is a huge unifying factor across different felons. So it's not insensitive to talk about things. Um, but we're living in a society where facts are taboo. They can get you in trouble. Um I just wanted to mention this story because I felt bad for Mayor Pete, but actually our own Andy No, who we talked about quite a bit on this show. Friend of the show. Friend yeah. of the show. Yeah, we've been to several events with him. He's kind of in a similar situation as Mayor Pete. He's being penalized, vilified essentially for speaking facts. And what I what I think happens is that when you say certain things nowadays, people automatically put a ton of other opinions onto you, even yeah. if you haven't said them.
1: That's true. Well, what, they did that. Right? They, with this people, is what right? they've and done
0: to Buttigieg, right? He yeah. said, yeah, people need mentors. Anna kind of like it, it, that went in and then like out the other ear from her progressive brain was, uh, I, I hate poor people. It's their fault. I'm, I'm, you know, vilifying them, probably thinks that he called them dirty or something. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, something similar happened with Andy. He's been banned from Twitter, I think a few days ago. Uh, we have this piece from the Post Millennial here explaining what happened. Uh, Andy No remains suspended from Twitter for truthful tweet. Yesterday, journalist and the post-millennial editor-at-large, Andy Ngo, was suspended from Twitter for the following tweet directed at Chelsea Clinton. The U.S. is one of the safest countries for trans people. The murder rate of trans victims is actually lower than that of the cis population. Also, who is behind the murders? Mostly black men. No has been banned from Twitter for saying a true thing. As a journalist, his job is to expose the truth. Twitter has deemed the speaking of facts to be hateful conduct. No's tweet was in response to Clinton's trans remembrance day uh, post-honoring murdered trans women. He showed that Clinton's tweet was misleading. There has been much talk about how many trans women have been killed for being trans in the United States. Many trans activists claim that it is an an epidemic. So we are, it's it's Orwellian. We're living in a, a time where speaking the truth is seen as bigoted and it's frustrating because a lot of times and this especially with mayor pete unless you correctly identify a problem you can't really fix it um you can throw all of the i guess school money you want at certain communities but at the end of the day that's not going to bring fathers back into the home and that's an issue. It's not going to get better without talking about it.
1: And it's super frustrating for shows like us where we're constantly having to tiptoe around saying things as they are to some degree. We do our best to be very honest and straightforward. But at the same time, we have to deal with realities mm-hmm. which are like we can be banned. We just saw – I was looking at an article with Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. talking about um, – the whole thing where she reject, where she was angry that the trans community was angry at her because she couldn't take on the, the role of a trans person in – what's that movie? It was, it was the one where
0: it, – it's set in the 70s, right? I forget yeah. what it's called though.
1: I forget the name of it. But it, it got canceled because she she pulled out and she had to apologize for that. But she was just speaking what was on her mind in a very plain and acceptable way, I think. Yeah. But the thing is you, you really in this day and age – you, you can't do that safely, not on these social media companies, you know, yeah. and, and your career could be at stake.
0: And it's, it's frustrating because I guess people like anyone who is at all conservative, they always get accused of not caring about poor people, not caring about minority communities. And it's like when you try to talk about something like the breakdown of the family. Or how you know the impact of education you're automatically branded racist so it's like literally the only thing you can do that in these people's eyes would be acceptably um like lobbying or trying to advocate for these communities is parroting progressive talking points like in there there's no other way to help them Anything else is racism and, and it's then of course you
1: see things like the disparity in who gives to charities between progressives and, and conservatives, right, right? right? I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling that this, this is even a conversation to me.
0: Same. Um, okay. So now we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. We are, this show is being broadcast live on Wednesday. Thanksgiving is tomorrow for our American friends. We had ours in October, yes. but a bunch of you were asking for a segment about how to deal with politics and the family. Um, Is it worth cutting out family members from your life over politics? I say no, but apparently not everyone shares this opinion, uh, as many people on Twitter showed. We have this one tweet by someone named Charlotte Clymer. She says, I have an aunt I love and who I'm sure loves me. Didn't stop me from calling out her racist BS when she voted for Trump and defended his actions. We haven't spoken in two years. Loving someone doesn't mean we condone their complicity. It means we hold them accountable. Um, This is very sad to me because she admits that she loves her aunt and that her aunt loves her. So they both love each other. And it seems like the problem is really just who her aunt voted for. Um, Like, I do think there are legitimate reasons to disassociate or maybe step back from family members, like abuse, neglect. Um, Someone being related to you by blood does not give them a carte blanche to just mistreat you. That's, that's, you know, because, oh, we're family. That's not what I believe at all. Okay, but voting for the wrong person if you ask me, is not one of those things that is worth cutting a family member out of your life for, especially if you admit that you, like, you both love each other. To me, that is that is so crazy. Um, and I was kind of shocked and sad how many likes and retweet retweets that tweet was getting, like defending this, av- vowing a family member, um, literally just for voting for Trump and supporting him.
1: That's crazy. I, like you, you're alienating all these people completely. Yeah. And Everybody's getting more entrenched, and I mean, it's. Did you really love that person that much if you're not willing to work out some differences you had? I, I mean, mean I, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd question the claim that you love them. Type yeah, of love, I mean, really. I would
2: say.
0: Um, but you know what, Geraldine, who is verified, all these people seem to be verified. These like family separators um she wrote people who refuse to let their politics infringe on their personal lives are the apex of privilege it means that their politics don't actually influence their personal lives so they can afford to do whatever they want they don't have skin in the game okay you know what is privilege to me looking at a family member who loves you who supports you, who you've had a good relationship up until now and saying, I don't want to talk to you because of who who you voted for. Like, do you realize that other people have actual family issues? Like they're dealing with actual abuse, actual neglect, actual addiction. And here you are like with, with your probably otherwise perfectly intact household because you're from a, a privileged family and saying, no, I, I don't want to talk to aunt, karen because she voted for trump like do you have any idea how privileged you sound
1: of course well i mean take that idea even further you know how privileged you are to have such attention for a first world problem yeah they've invented problems because they didn't have enough problems you're looking at all the stats all these rates you know murder rates rates of rape uh, the economy is doing better all the time everything's improving
0: in or most things i won't say everything almost
1: every major metric by almost every major metric Society is better than it ever has been before across the world.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Everything is getting better. But somehow these people that are so privileged that they have to invent these new ideas – exist
0: and it also i think just goes to show how they don't understand the conservative position they don't at all because they really do think that if you voted for trump you're racist you hate mexicans uh you're sexist you want to turn america into the handmaid's tale like they actually do believe these things so it's like not only are they showing just a huge intolerance they're also showing their ignorance because i think you know i i have family members who are leftists and i disagree with them but i don't think they're bad people i think in like they in their opinion they're doing the right thing and and that's okay
1: and the intolerance can
0: have a difference
1: you're right and the intolerance goes hand in hand with with um their ignorance right mm-hmm. because by not tolerating your loved ones who have different opinions you're not you're not learning their opinion and you're not getting anybody as a person so you just have this makeshift idea as to what the enemy is really about where if you talk to your loved one you would know that oh wait they're she's not actually racist for voting for Donald Trump. What? Yeah. And like, you just, know?
0: you know, we were talking about broken families, uh, in their last segment, just, just imagine you, you tell an inner city kid who's maybe never met their, their father or the mother. Yeah, I have mine, but I don't talk to him anymore. Cause he voted for the wrong person. Yeah. Like, do you have any idea how lucky you are to have a family that loves you and who wants to be in your life? Like, ugh, I, I anyway. Um, so there was, there was some sane voices in that Twitter thread. Um, this person said, wow, there is no person I love in my life that I would cut out cut out of it over something as trivial as a vote i'm sad for you but of course because we can't have nice things anymore justin wants the nazis gone i can only imagine what his politics are Mm -hmm. says our politics is an expression of our morality and values i'd hardly hardly call that trivial but that just goes like you don't care about what the other person's morality or values are and actually it's been proven that people on the far left do not understand conservative positions as well as you know the the inverse and i think it's because if you're a conservative person you're bombarded with left-wing views all the time pop culture if you're young your friends uh the, the media and things like that but if you are left wing a lot of these people do live in a bubble um so yeah unfortunately we have those people who are willing to cut family members out of their lives just for political beliefs i hope that's none of you guys i hope you're able to kind of love your your family members even if you disagree politically but then on the other side i guess this is better but it's maybe more annoying um we have people who apparently think that thanksgiving is the perfect time to lecture your family about politics and uh which i'm sure hey they'll all appreciate and love
1: i know it's tempting sometimes because i've got some family members that are that are pretty far left you know Mm -hmm. and it's like uh it's it's definitely tempting sometimes to to engage in a discussion about these kinds of things, when they start, uh, you know, talking about how they're the voice for all the turkeys that died there, and they want oh, yeah, to, vegan. yeah, they have got some, which is, you know, we we love, we all love each other, we really yeah. do, but it, sometimes sometimes it is tempting to be that 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 uh, um, obtuse and abrasive uncle in the room, you know, yeah. like a, I get it, but you shouldn't be doing it. It doesn't win anybody over.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm someone who. This may seem strange because of like this show and everything, but or maybe it's because of the show because I talk about politics all the time. But I don't need to talk about politics with every person I meet. I am totally okay not talking about politics with my family because there's other things happening. Maybe someone will say that's I can only do that because I'm privileged and I don't have skin in the game. Well, whatever. But it's like politics shouldn't be all of your life. You should care about. How your family's health is doing, how their hobbies, interests—talk about jelly beans for a bit. Yeah, your dogs, your pets, just anything. It doesn't always need to be about politics. Um, But we have another tweet here from Charlotte, who uh, you can probably guess disagrees. She says Thanksgiving is actually the perfect time to talk to our white relatives about white supremacy in government and society. Not only is it the perfect time, but it's a moral imperative heading into this election year. You you have the imperative to talk to your relatives your white relatives about white supremacy can you imagine like this is the white family um they're from the midwest but one of their their, their sons or daughters went off to some East Coast school. They come back uh, purple-haired and they just start oh. lecturing the family about how they're white oh, Couldn't you imagine,
1: though, like the parents have worked and they, they paid for the person's education yeah. they come back like that? They're I going think...
0: without to send their kids to this college. They just come right. back totally. They come back convinced. hating them, talking.
1: Yeah. Oh, that would be like I would go gray immediately. Yeah.
0: It just – oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm scared for like when I have kids. And they, I'm already scared and that's like 20 years in the future, but I'm scared. Um. And Lauren Duca, who uh, you guys may remember is the the feminist that was on Tucker, Tucker Carlson. We did a, a segment about her. And you were on a panel
1: with her. I was time. on a
0: panel with her too. Um, I, I don't think she cared for my views. Um, she wrote a piece for The Independent, what to tell your white polite relatives who don't do politics at the Thanksgiving table. Remember when in our interview with Michael Malice, he said the personal is political for these people? Yes. So true. So true. I like so- Michael He's a great guy. You should subscribe to him if you haven't already. Um, She writes, During Thanksgiving, under the atrocity of the Trump presidency, this is a strong word, it is critical that we have uncomfortable conversations about what is at stake. There are a lot of white people who voted for Trump in 2016 and who would be horrified at the idea someone might call them racist. There are a lot of white people who would agree that America has a racist problem and yet fail to see their role within it. If there are hearts and minds to be changed at the Thanksgiving table... It may be these. There are guides for these conversations. I strongly recommend one from Showing Up for Racial Justice. That sounds like a party. Along with their other resources. As a former sufferer of the disease of white politeness, I suggest the best way to approach the still comatose is with friendly strength. Oh, that's great. So not only are you bringing this up over Thanksgiving, but you're going to wait until everyone is relaxed and tired, and then you're going to go into racial injustices, which is what everyone wants to hear at the end of a long day with family. she continues, think of it as inviting your loved one to see the world in a new way. Hey, you might say, you seem like a good person. And I recently learned about some information that made me understand how I need to be using my white privilege to combat racial inequality. Because that's just that's such a natural segue. It just flows off the tongue. Perhaps then you share some specifics about the impact of Trump's presidency or suggest your family member consider some hard facts regarding police brutality, mass incarceration, income and housing inequality, or any of the other grotesque realities that reveal the ways racial injustice defines American life. Okay, so again, I'm not in favor of cutting out family members over politics, but if you don't invite family members like this to every single dinner maybe i understand why well
1: you would definitely never want to be pinned down by lauren duca alone right yeah if you're one of her family members you are probably doing everything in your power to always ensure that there's some other conversation going on
0: yeah which is too bad because it's like we did a segment about lauren duca she makes me laugh i've laughed harder listening to her than anyone else she she is funny to me not in like a purposeful way but she is so just i feel bad for her family if she's actually planning on kind of like jumping on them over the holidays um please don't do that tomorrow enjoy your dinners with your families yeah. tell them you love them you know we don't enjoy, some the of us enjoy the turkey some of us don't get to see each other as often as we would like so make the most of it and you know what after the holidays uh feel free to send them our videos if you want to red pill them right that's that's <laughs> a that's kind of like a non-confrontational passive way to do that that way they can just ignore the emails if they want Um, Okay, so our final segment is a, it's a heavy one. This is like, this is graphic. I don't even like talking about this to adults. And I mean, almost everyone who watches our show is an adult. So I can only imagine talking about it with kids. Okay, finally, in our last installment of Here's Why You Need to Homeschool Your Children, we have this piece by the Daily Mail about it. I don't even want to say it, um, but children as young as six being given compulsory self-touching lessons. And yes, that is a euphemism for exactly what you think it is. the Daily Mail writes, children as young as six are being taught about touching or stimulating their own genitals as part of classes that will become compulsory in hundreds of primary schools. Some parents believe the lessons, part of a controversial new sex and relationships teaching program called All About Me, are sexualizing their young children. I think that's that's pretty fair to say.
1: Uh, I would, yes.
0: All About Me is being rolled out across 241 primaries by Warwickshire, Warwickshire? I guess, county council, so this is in the UK, and could be adopted by other local authorities next year as part of the government's overhaul of relationship and sex education. Family campaigners and religious groups warned that the vague guidelines issued by the Department of Education meant schools could soon be providing sexual material to young children that many parents would consider inappropriate. Documents obtained by the mail on Sunday detail how All About Me classes involve pupils aged between 6 and 10 being told by teachers that there are rules about touching yourself. An explanation of rules of of self-stimulation appears in the scheme's year 2 lesson plan for 6 and 7 year olds. Under a section called Touching Myself, Teachers are advised to tell children that lots of people like to tickle or stroke themselves as it might feel nice. They are also also instructed to inform youngsters that this may include touching their private parts and that while some people may say this behavior is dirty, it is in fact very normal. However, the youngsters are warned it is not polite to touch themselves in public. Public, it is an activity they should do when alone in the bath, shower, or in bed. In the same lesson, children are given scenarios which they must judge to be okay or not okay. In one, pupils are told that when a girl called Autumn has a bath and is alone, she likes to touch herself between her legs. It feels nice. Uh, At this point, teachers are advised to remind the students of the rules about self-stimulation. Okay, so we're going to pause here for a sec. I feel uncomfortable reading this out loud, let alone I can't even imagine if I had to read all of that stuff to a classroom full of six-year-olds it just it feels it's crazy dirty not not okay and yeah. when these specific guidelines came out because first there was the headline six-year-olds to be taught about you know masturbation in schools everyone freaked out understandably then the specific guidelines came out and some people were like ah, that's that's not so bad actually it's like you can try to disguise it with whatever cutesy metaphors you want but let's call a spade a spade, you are instructing children on masturbation, six-year-olds specifically. And I know some people are going to say like, well, some kids as young as six may very well be doing those types of things. Okay, I can acknowledge that can happen. Why that is a teacher's, a stranger's responsibility, you know, to kind of like talk to them about instead of each individual parent as it may or may not come along in their children's child's development, it is beyond me. Like when do we get to a point where like, we don't talk about taxes or mortgages in schools, but we will teach you how to masturbate. Like why? Who came up with that division of labor? Um, It's just, I feel like these school boards are trying to replace parents in every meaningful way. Like there are these basics of life where they're like, maybe some parents won't talk about it. So we better talk about it. It's like, no, you have a very, we better give the
1: correct opinion. Yeah. And like, no,
0: that's not okay. Like just stick to English, math, whatever. Let the parents do the actual parenting. I don't like how we've kind of taken it for granted that, oh, yeah, school should absolutely be informing our kids about moral issues, sexual issues. Like, why? Why? I I, I don't understand it. And, you know, the, the sad thing is that 241 schools are going to be adopting this. Where are the parents? I mean, this is being, I guess, spread around the media, which is a good first step. But it's like, look, most parents are not going to improve of this why aren't you doing more do more like th- this is in the it's uk crazy.
1: it's absolutely this crazy. is on
0: you like the parents like there is absolutely no reason why you should be standing up or n- sorry not doing something about this um i think the uk is kind of ahead of where even canada is
1: yeah i was glad i was glad to find out this wasn't canada i mean it's tragic to see how far all of these western countries yeah. have fallen compared to what they were just a few decades ago this is completely I, immoral you No. Know?
0: I, I would i would absolutely freak out and in that article they kind of went through how some parents i think one mother was crying when she saw what her child was being exposed to because i mean you can't regain innocence like that
1: no you you, and, you
0: just can't
1: and give it five years uh, give it five years i'm saying i don't even like saying this stuff on air but i suspect that it, within five years they'll have instructions for these children of this age to also have some kind of anal stimulation you oh know, that's like that's already
0: been talked about right trust so me.
1: it's you know it's it's happening so much faster like now. All the time, and, too. And like it's crazy. They,
0: these people act like, be unless schools tell kids about this, they just will never know. Like I don't. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like kids or humans. learn to develop naturally when the time comes is like i don't know why they think they need to kind of have a lesson plan about every little bit of development or relationship because this isn't just about sex in the uk like they also teach you how to date apparently or there's a relationship aspect it's just Mm -hmm. it's very strange um okay but we we continue Lynette Smith, a teacher who runs a company which provides RSE. Oh, so it's it's not even it's not even their teachers. It's literally, I think, just a stranger, like a sex educator, who's talking to your six year old about masturbation.
1: It, it could be, or it could also be a company that makes these programs to sell to the government, sort of thing.
0: Uh, either, way, either way, though, it's yeah, like it's, if, if you're okay with a stranger talking to your your six year old about this, I don't know what to tell you. This it, just it'll seems... be one
1: of those uh, drag queens as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: perfect. Uh, but Lynette Smith, a teacher who runs a company, yada yada, said she sympathized with those concerned by the self-stimulation section of the year two curriculum. She said, we never use the word self-stimulation, not in primary school. For us, it is not appropriate. So, um, you know, what, what kind of, I guess, perverts do you think we are with the word self-stimulation? No, we, we never say that. No, when we're, when we're teaching the six-year-olds about masturbation, we say self-touching. Okay, calm down we're not like that here. Like, I I think you missed the point about why people are freaking out. It's not because of the terminology. It's because of the subject matter.
1: Of course, I remember the, the sex ed when I was like 12 and it, or yeah, my last, my, maybe grade five, so maybe 11, 12, something like that. And it still felt like it wasn't too early, but it was like, this is a revelatory experience. You know, yeah. like you didn't really understand it. And it feels like they're just, this is all happening too soon. I mean, at that age, you probably still think Santa's real, right? Oh, sorry. He is, by the way, if you're... Yeah.
0: Um, well, I remember at least in my school, when we when we were in fifth grade, that's when we had the first health class. So we were just talking about like literally puberty. Um, girls get periods. This yeah. is what that means. Boys have other things they're dealing with. I don't know who got the worst end of the stick. Like at that age, it was just a very confusing time for everybody. And it wasn't until like sixth grade when they started talking about things like contraception and then i remember like in when i was about 13 it was scandalous because we were watching this movie and they actually showed the two parts in a like a cartoon graphic coming together
1: yeah and i was
0: like whoa what's going on there and i thought so i can't even imagine what's happening now and how the children feel about it
1: they just show hardcore porn <laughs> it's just
0: like probably i wouldn't be surprised someday um oh this is where it gets very very disappointing the article continues the sex education consultant behind the all about me program is also likely to raise eyebrows with his views on marriage On the blog section of his website last July, Johnny Hunt, 37, criticized draft government guidelines for relationships and sex education for highlighting the importance of wedlock. The guidelines stated that by the end of primary schools, pupils should know that marriage represents a formal and legally recognized commitment of two people to each other, which is intended to be lifelong. But railing against the continued emphasis on marriage, Mr. Hunt wrote, There still seems to be the belief that a marriage provides a safer environment for children or for sex. This is not the case um okay it's literally the case mr hunt's
1: first name is mike by
0: the way um so yeah not like from what this says it's not like they were saying you know abstinence only if you try these things outside of marriage you're going to hell it doesn't seem like that they were just saying that marriage represents a formal and legally recognized commitment to two people which is intended to be lifelong okay that's like the literal definition of marriage like you can't you can't talk about that but we can talk about masturbation with a six-year-old. Like what? Oh. We are in the worst dystopia. Like I, I mentioned this on Twitter. There are so many cool dystopias out there: zombies, Mad Max, right? Uh, whatever happened in the Hunger Games. This is the one we get. We get the child drag queen one.
1: Yeah, that's depressing. It's
0: depressing. I'm very, very upset with this. And uh, like, we we have a friend who kind of said it as a joke, but it it almost seems like in the UK. You may need to soon be choosing between sending your child to a public school, which is like full-on LGBT sexual depravity propaganda, or a Muslim school.
1: Yeah, even as a Christian, it might be a better bet to send. No, a it's Muslim like it's like school, which right? which
0: one is is better? And yes. I'm not even kidding. Like I would probably send my kid to the madrasa rather than that because I don't know what to do. Like that's so so scary. And you know, I, I talk about homeschool a lot on this show. Um, if you can definitely try to we're hoping that we will be able to ourselves i was homeschooled for part of my education i loved it um and
1: hopefully we could all work and turn this public education around yeah but that's that, what that's I was a pipe say it feels like right now but
0: the majority of parents are not okay with this i i know that yes. pretty much for a fact we just need to do something about it i think so many of us we we think school is still what it was when we were there mm. so we're taking for granted that it's okay it's not okay. Um, so and they're
1: probably a little bit complacent too. And, yeah, you know, they think that their own teaching will, you know,
0: balance it balance out. It no, out, it won't. No, no, this is, it won't.
1: This is dangerous stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. So goodness, oh gosh, the. The UK, the, the only thing positive I'll say about it right now is that it makes me feel better about Canada. Because it's like, like you, I also saw this headline and I thought, oh, it's Ontario. It's BC yeah. again. Oh, my goodness. But no, it was the UK. So that's but, kind of like.
1: But I'll be honest. Canada is probably I know, a we're year or two year. behind yeah. them. And then it's- then the States is just going to be a, a year or two behind Canada. It's,
0: yeah.
1: it, we're, we're neck and neck right now. And we're all racing for ultimate destruction
0: yeah it's it's very very depressing um but in any case i think that's pretty much all we have to say for this show but thank you guys so much for watching it if you are watching live then be sure to stay on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds with exclusive q a going over your super chats but aside from that we will see you all next week